Hi, my name is Kirby Ingles. I'm a leadership and transformation coach, a father of four, and a U.S. Army veteran. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve true success. Every week, my goal is to help you move one step closer to true success in a life that is rich and satisfying and helping you become the pillar of your community. Now, here on the True Success Podcast, we talk about leadership and personal transformation and dive deep into topics like mentoring, coaching, balance, problem solving, and creating an impact. True success is living your life's true calling. It's discovering new ways of viewing the world, building a life that's charged with hope, transparency, happiness, and fulfillment. True success is not what you think it is. Close your eyes and imagine setting goals, targets, and meeting them while adding value to the lives of others and making a difference daily in your community. Ambition has some strong and often uh, adverse vibes. And so, you know, a sound understanding of this idea is really required for leaders who want to climb the ladder. And ambition is really a double-edged sword. When we earn opportunities to showcase our strengths and talents, it can be exciting and rewarding. There is nothing better than to be recognized for our efforts. Could you agree? Everybody wants to be recognized. But pride can blindly bring about a sense of entitlement and dissatisfaction. When, when you reach another level, it can also seem like it's not enough. And there's always another level. And I've said that a lot. Once you reach another level, there's always another level. And that comes with from the perspective of growth, not necessarily uh, chasing ambition. So when you reach another level, it can also seem like it's not enough. Instead, instead of growing and maturing in that position, which sometimes we progress way too fast. And I've kind of been in this world myself, personally, where I thought I had progressed too fast, but I didn't realize it until after the fact, after the train wreck had happened. And then I look back on that and I was like, yeah, you're right. I probably got there too quick, too fast. And I was reaching for the next rung on the ladder, right? And we do. We, we don't grow and mature in our current positions or our current stage in life. And we're trying to get to the next one. And we begin to grab for that next rung. And so we begin to grab for this next rung of the ladder or really what we sometimes we call as entrepreneurs, the next big thing right and we just really need to grow and mature at this moment in our life you know once you have a small amount of success we try to increase that success magnify it you know that's where you see a lot of these folks on shark tank where they go in there and they just want to pour more money on everything and they're probably not ready and mark cuban's one of those guys that will tell you that and I'm pretty sure I've heard this from him in his court. I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was him. And it's a concept that I believe in that slow, steady growth wins the race. And that's what makes companies or organizations great 
and lasting through the test of time. You see, sometimes we pour so much into the something that we blow it up so big, but then what's left after that? That's all you got, right? You need to learn and grow and mature. You need to take a couple bumps on the head. You need to learn from your experiences in this current stage or season of your life. And then move on from there. Once you have reached a level of mastery, then you go to the next level. And so success can really be addicting because of the accolades and the riches and all the other things that come with it, especially the trophies and, you know, ribbons and medals and all the other things that you're going to receive. Ambition isn't always bad though, right? Not, it's not always bad to receive ambition, but for some of us, it has put an awful taste in our mouth due to previous experiences with other people who were overly ambitious and, well, just didn't care for all the other people around them. They just got in their way, apparently, and they ran them over on their way to ambition, All right? And so there's probably two sides of that coin, and we can talk about that at another day in time, but you know, these people tend to be blind as they run through the racetrack. They come out of the gate like a racehorse with blinders on, and they don't really see what's going on to the left or the right. And we, we are encouraged, right? We are encouraged to put our hearts into everything that we do. Since we were little kids in sports, we were always told, put your heart into it, you know, everything you got. And, and it was just pushed and pushed and pushed. And then schoolwork, too, it was like, oh, put your heart into it. Put your heart into it. Do your best. You know, and don't leave anything on the table. I know you've heard all these things before. So, um, and, and we always were encouraged to do your best. And you should. You should do your best. You should try as hard as you can. But ambition can make you very reliant on yourself and become very hyper-focused on the aspects of success, like control, attention, and money. Um, I've had an experience like this not long ago where I worked with somebody that was overly uh, ambitious and they were so blind by the fact that they were doing things for themselves, uh, by themselves, uh, that the rest of the team um, was just like sitting in their driver, not the driver's seat, but the uh, the uh, back seat of the, the, the triple-decker van, you know, the triple-C van. Uh, we were way in the back, and while this person was just driving the train all by themselves uh, into uh, a wall. And uh, it wasn't pretty at the end. So when this happens, right, you lose sight of why you began pursuing this journey and why you wanted to become this leader. And there is a difference between purposeful ambition and selfish ambition. And selfish ambition is when you become addicted to achievement. It's you begin to rely only on yourself and you lose focus on the so what or the why. And if you've ever seen Simon Sinek's video uh, or TED talk on why, uh, you should go out and, and check that out. It's uh it's very interesting, uh, and most organizations in the world don't focus on their why. And if they did, they would have a greater impact than what they currently have. Even when you replace people who have self-serving ambition, others in their footsteps can fall victim to this tragedy as they follow in their footsteps. And so, which always really just costs them dearly in in the long run. Ambition is great in the short term because you might be able to achieve something, get something done, move the organization forward, you know, help the team out, grow the group, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's, it can be very, very, uh, a very, very great strategy in the very beginning, but 
being overly ambitious uh, does not succeed in the long run. And so being selfishly ambitious does not succeed in the long run. And so when you, when you stay focused on your purpose and why you're using these talents and skills that you have been given and that you have acquired, uh, you can really pursue a noble ambition and really have true success without losing yourself. It's okay to have high ambitions. I've mentioned that earlier. It's okay to have drive and be eager to overcome new challenges. I love new challenges. I really do. But there's a point to where I take on too many challenges or I'm so focused on the new challenges, I'm always reaching for that next adrenaline rush, that next high, that next level. And it's why are you doing this? What's the purpose behind this? Are you just doing it for success? Or are you doing it out of service to others? And so just remember why you do these great things. And that your success is for other people. It's for other people. Again, your success is for other people. Because without them, none of this would have even existed. Because here's the thing. Here's what I didn't mention. You wouldn't have got there without those other people. It's those other people that helped you along the way. And when you achieve success, when you receive that trophy, when you receive that bonus or that next level, you don't get and get it by yourself. You're receiving it in honor of them. And that's when you really start to have that impact. When you realize this, in that moment, you realize that without all those other people, this wasn't possible. And you did it for them, uh, not for yourself. And we are very, very selfish when it comes to this. We all want those rewards. We want those tangible things that we can take home. And a lot of times we just do things for ourselves. But when you get out of this box, when you get out of that box and you start to look from the outside in, and you really see why you're doing things and what purpose you're really, really, really trying to serve, then you know that you can truly have a greater impact in the world than you currently are. And so what are three to five ambitions that you have right now? Go ahead and evaluate the intent of your ambitions. And are they purposeful or are they self-serving? Talk about your ambitions with other people you trust, like a mentor or a coach like me. As a young leader, I often wanted to lead with the same skills and level-headedness as more seasoned leaders. I tried to replicate them in many ways, and I watched these great leaders, and that has been an uh, indispensable part of my growth. I realized I had to distinguish myself and my leadership strengths so that I could grow in my own unique way. Each of us has these unique strengths and gifts. Things like problem solving, relationship building, and innovative thinking. When you have, or when you identify your strengths, you can lead better. You become more confident as you emerge or engage others. Uh, and you find your sweet spot. Uh, and and you, you do not have to force it. And the hardest part of being a leader is not knowing who you are. When you try to be something you're not, that's where you get caught up. If you are in this, what we might call, tight spot, worry not, guys. Worry not. Because 
you are unique and you can have an impact based off of those skills and gifts. You have a vital role that you can play in all of this. And you are the way you are for a reason. Realize that you aren't like other leaders. It's okay to be different. And it's okay to be unique. You probably expect the qualities of those you admire in yourself anyway. And you should. But that's the most essential part. Qualities of those leaders, not mirror images. You don't want to be exactly like them. You don't want to completely replicate them. You want to uh, you want to adopt or or have essential qualities of those leaders as part of yourself. And when you want to take what's best of them and seek that for yourself. And we must maintain our unique traits, right? And we also find those qualities in others that we want to adopt in our own life. Uh, so you can grow as a leader yourself but you still want to remain unique and different because that's what sets you apart from everybody else. It makes you stand out and bring something different to the table, to the team, which makes you valuable and makes the team stronger because you bring a unique characteristic or trait with you. But you have to be who you are and you have to embrace that. You, uh, if you try to be something you are not or somebody else, people will sniff that out and you will appear as a fake or an imposter. Understand who you really are. Challenge yourself to be more authentic or genuine. Do people really know who you are? And when you are confident in yourself, you will have the confidence to lead in most situations. So I want to give you a couple things here that you can take away from this conversation. And that is to explore your strengths by taking an assessment and be curious about who you are and seek to understand those strengths, characteristics, and, and talents that you have. Be vulnerable and get feedback from other people and have them help you determine where your strengths and where your weaknesses lie. And then get to work on those. So when the usual rewards of success like money, prestige, and notoriety leave you feeling empty, what's next? It would be helpful if you had a clear sense of purpose, uh, a direction towards a particular cause, not so much accumulation of things, titles, stuff like that. These deserving tangible rewards of your toil don't really last that long, do they? We fill up and we're joyous in that moment, but then we're always looking for the next thing. So what's that one thing that gives us that lasting feeling of success and happiness and joy? So when your behavior goes unbridled without purpose, right? Uh, that can allow you to become very selfish, narcissistic, and offensive. Great leaders are more rooted in the meaning of their labor by drawing from the intrinsic motivations that are focused on giving rather than receiving. Does this resonate with you? Purpose-driven leaders feel that they are in a particular place at a specific time so they can make meaningful, meaningful, contributions. Now, leaders are always in a place to create opportunities for other people. 
by allowing the leader, right, to utilize their experience, connections, and knowledge. Great leaders use their influence to serve other people. And now your decisions uh, are going to be able to open doors for people, to influence people, and to make recommendations for someone that may help them change their life. And as a leader, you have a great responsibility, which comes with personal rewards. One of the greatest things that, as a leader that I've been able to do is deploy teams and innovatively use resources to create new products and services and programs and generate value for many, many people beyond myself. That's a privilege and an honor and really is a great reward because you have that satisfaction of being able to impact and affect people's lives. The result makes life more satisfying for really the stakeholders. And a, a leader, right, a leader that offers people meaningful work in an environment that makes the community that they live in or they're a part of more desirable really is a responsible leader. And that in itself is a huge responsibility. And all leaders should strive for that. Now, you're going to face circumstances that really can impact everyone. If, only if, you have the strength and confidence to do so. You're going to have opportunities to stand up when no one else will. And you're going to be able to make empathetic decisions that affect other people's lives. Now, you can live up to these essential values and these principles such as justice and honor and compassion, or you can take another route. So I got a few questions for you. Do you feel that your work is a calling? And how can you be a spark in someone else's life? What value are you adding for others? And again, what needs to change for you to center yourself on purposeful leadership? So do you lay awake at night trying to figure out pressing problems and that you're going through, whether it be in your life or at work or your family? In the end, it's your values that help you make the right decisions. One of the values I try to communicate with young professionals is stewardship. And during hard times, leaders have to make tough decisions to sometimes cut payroll, uh, even jobs based on the needs of the organization. And that, that may not benefit one department or another person despite how we feel and what we truly want to do. However, we have to do these things sometimes. And as difficult as it may be for you, you have to be confident in your decisions and be able to explain to them why these things are happening. So some see values as a weakness, but they couldn't be more wrong about that. They may feel like their personal values serve as a roadblock to future opportunities and success. Now values are life altering and can bring about consistent, meaningful success. The foundation of any life or business is built on a solid set of values. And that foundation stands strong in storms. 
And as you climb the stairway to success, you're going to face more significant challenges as far as a leader is concerned. And your values will be more evident than ever before. So in today's current age in social media, many companies and organizations have taken massive blows to the head because of the culture and the lack of values of that organization. And having a solid foundation of values not only allows you to be authentic, but it also lets others know what they can expect from you. Regardless if they agree or disagree with your world belief or your values, they know what they're going to get from you. So effective leaders over the past decade and in the new decade, as we turn the uh, corner here into 2020 and go into a new decade, will have to answer for their behaviors because they are going to be reviewed like a microscope and their values are going to be on display. Possessing clear values is essential throughout challenging circumstances. And when there is a storm in your organization or you face adversity in your personal life, you're going to feel pressed to do something about this. And we don't necessarily always have the information that we need. Sometimes we just need to take a step back, breathe, assess the situation, look at the multiple options available to us, and then react to the one that best fits our values and also is more reasonably going to work. Most people just think of the first thing that comes to mind and they react. I've got to do something. They get in a hurry. Chaos, fire. They got to put it out. But you can stop. You can breathe. You can assess the situation. And then you can move forward with the right decisions rather than doing many things and trying to cover up your tracks or doing things the wrong way the first time when all you have to do is actually just take a step back and assess the situation. Look at the multiple opportunities um, that you have to really make decisions, you know, because you have an arsenal of things in front of you that you could use. And so when you take a step back and you intentionally use your values to make these decisions and not react, you usually get the best result. Many of our world beliefs are our guiding principles and values. And most will pretty much say, stay the same and remain, you know, we remain true to our faith. And we also treat others as we want to be treated. And that's usually across multiple uh, worldviews. Those, those ideas are, are the same pretty much across, you know, however, you know, whether you're a Christian or this or that or whatever, most of those beliefs, you know, stay true to your faith and treat others as you would want to be treated is across multiple spectrums of, of worldviews. And so these are our guiding principles and these are our values. And when you allow these to bleed through your leadership and through your decision-making, you really become that great leader. And the other thing that you should do is review, right? Review your principles that lead you your thoughts and your deeds and write, you know, like three to five words that describe your values. Some of these words could be performance, strength, um, wonder, decisions, or decisiveness, uh, loyalty, family, maturity. Those are some values like joyfulness, honesty, uh, passion, perseverance, opportunity, duty, faith, uh, success could be a value. Uh, and intelligence may be one of your values. Three to five, you know, and you don't have to use those. You can come up with your own brainstorm. What do, what, do you, what do you want to remain true to? What values are important in your life? So ask yourself these questions. Do your values captivate your heart and who you are and who you want to try to become? 
How do you ensure that these values show up every single day in your life and in your work? And what do you need to do so you become a values-driven leader? That's the question. At a significant time in my career, I had to confront the reality that I was keeping control of projects, relationships, and choices. And by controlling the environment, I was stifling the growth. And I had a chance, really take a big chance, that I might lose the skilled team that I had received and preventing them from going to the next level because I was controlling everything. And then I discovered a very valuable lesson during this time frame, in which was is to concentrate on not only what I could do, but allowing others to do what I couldn't and, and what was not within my wheelhouse. And so leaders aren't really one-man orchestras, you know. Uh, we are the conductors who guide the organization, enabling them, provide for them, and help facilitate its members to be the best versions of themselves. And this does require a little bit of delegation and handing things off to those who have the potential to do something greater with it. And you have to let go. And that involves trust. And when we do so, you can also generate more leaders, you multiply leaders that can really produce more results. And we may not have to be, or we may not have been able to do this all on our own. And so getting rid of some of the load off of your shoulders and allowing others to do it multiplies or compounds the effect that you actually have. So when your members struggle with doubt, you have to show them a little bit of faith. A lot of times our trust and confidence in others can support their climb to the top and become the best version of themselves. But there's really another lesson in all this here that we don't really see in the what we call sometimes the art of delegation. It's not about you. And I consider this lesson about servant leadership. It's, it's not about how much success you can accumulate or how high you can climb the ladder of success but what you do with your responsibility as a leader and serving others for the benefit of all. You see, the art of delegation just really covers the surface of this lesson. But if you really want to go three layers deep, it's about the responsibility of the position. It's not about you. It's about other people. And delegating that down gives them the opportunity to grow and become successful themselves. And one day, they may be able to replace you as that leader. So when you have the opportunity to change people's lives and help them grow, the reward that outweighs all the rest, which is, you know, those intrinsic rewards, and, and those intrinsic rewards provide an importance to your role. You're not only your role, but your role as a leader. And that's very valuable. And, and I couldn't think of any greater reward as leaders to have intrinsic rewards versus that extrinsic. And then you really do, uh, it really does put a, a great bounty on true success. And that's why it's worth pursuing. So here's three things that you can do. You can earn the opportunity to lead by having an open mind. And your words and your actions should, should match and treat others, right? Others with dignity and respect. And be honest with people. Just be honest. Invo and number two, involve members in a conversation about who they are, their passions, and where they want to go. Because that will give you an idea of 
what to delegate to them, inspire them, and help them get and reach their goals. And then number three is be present and engaged with your members or your employees or those you work with. And take a step back sometimes, receive feedback, and seek to understand what they're going through and what their needs are. And then you can take some of that which you do and delegate it to them so you can focus on other things. And then you can grow together. Hey folks, that's it for today. If you want more great content like this, visit www.kirbyingles.com. Again, that's www.kirbyingles.com. And I only wish you the best of fortunes in 2020 and set your sights high and focus on true success. Until next time, 